0: Dark Satellite Media I'm over here now No need for introduction, it's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. my am up in smoke, sipping McCarty. Till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy for Barbie And we out, got to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious. Like, I gotta put my foot in your ass, permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn
1: Blast furnace. All right, and we're back over here now. Um this it's the second of the isolation sessions of the Brooklyn Blast furnace podcast. But really, it's like the third because <laughs> we did this already <laughs> a few days ago. Yeah, but I, I fucked up, Wema
2: <laughs> It's a lot. It's good.
1: Yeah, it's and good. it's crazy because now it was a great episode. It was like an hour and like 34 minutes long. And it was so easy. And it was dope. And it was all for nothing.
2: It but happens, man.
1: It happens. I was pissed, and but it does happen. You know, it wasn't like I did it on purpose. But, so
2: uh, just to explain, we we done a episode a couple of days ago, but on Skype. Yep. It wasn't. You thought it was. It was recording, but yes. it wasn't.
1: It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> because because this is this. I mean. You were the second one that I did. And when I did the first one with Billy Biohazard, all right, it's cool. So I hang up and then the video comes up and I could just save the video and that's it. When I hung up, it just said call ended with nothing.
2: You must say some controversial uh, things.
1: Oh, man, I was so mad.
2: (laughs) Someone shut us down. Are your phones being tapped?
1: yeah something like that maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe there was some sort of like some some things that we were saying yeah that, you know we got put on the list and they shut us down yeah yeah but well, we're so, back and-
2: man we're back and i'm glad to be here. thank you for inviting me
1: nah man thank you for initially coming on and thank you for being you know humble enough and cool enough to just reschedule this in such oh, yeah, short
2: course, notice man. oh it's no biggie man I'm yeah. enjoying it this is good fun. I like this stuff so.
1: Yeah, same here, man. I enjoy this shit, or else I wouldn't do it.
2: You know. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a big fan of the podcast. I said it, I said it before, but I feel I have to say it again so That's everyone cool. can hear this. I'm a big fan of your podcast. I You're appreciate. The first, that. in our John to to do this so yeah expect you, man. I, I
1: appreciate yeah. that, bro. Well, I'm a big fan of your podcast and a big fan of both of your bands. So I figure, you know what, with this whole i mean i'm gonna I'm not even gonna say anymore that we said this the last time because no one's ever gonna hear that. but when when uh, this whole coronavirus thing started, um actually, right before it started, Billy from Biohazard had hit me up and well, I probably hit him up and I was like, "Yo, do you have any plans on coming to New York anytime soon? Because I'd love to have him on the podcast. And uh, he's like, "Nah, you know, I don't have any plans right now, but, you know, in the future. And then a little, little time went by and then he hit me up asking me like, if we could do it like over the phone. And at the time I'm like, nah, like, like I was always stuck on doing it face to face with people. Because there's something about a regular phone conversation that gets lost. You know what I mean? When you're talking with someone, you know, you can't go off of, you know, body language or anything like that. So I always wanted to do face to face. And then when this whole coronavirus thing happened, he hit me again. And he's like, oh, let's do like some sort of an he called it like an isolation interview. I'm like, like yeah, me too. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I figured out I, I never had Skype. So I installed Skype. And then we did it, and then he coined the phrase the isolation sessions. So, shout out to Billy from Biohazard because now that's what these things are called. And yeah. uh, so, you know, it, it's also a good way to, especially during this quarantine craziness, it's a good way to talk with somebody who I wouldn't necessarily, you know, have the privilege or the, 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 opportunity to sit down and have a normal conversation with on any given day
2: yeah definitely man.
1: you know it's like when am i going to be able to see you and sit down for an hour and bullshit you're in london yeah (laughs) yeah i know so the timing would have to be perfect you would have to be playing here or i'd have to be going over there so it would have been crazy so once again shout out to billy for actually indirectly expanding my horizons and it's also a good way to see how other people are dealing with this whole quarantine pandemic craziness.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, ju- I just want to say, like, Billy, Billy the Legend, and I feel under pressure going after him, <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> I'll do my best, man. No that. pressure and, at all, man. Think, man. Wow. Uh, nope. but yeah, over here, it's kind of mad. Um, pretty much the same as uh, in America, more, than, more or less total lockdown. Yeah. I think we've been on lockdown officially for two weeks. Um, I'm still working at the moment because I'm classed as a key worker. So I'm an engineer. In my current job, I work on fire alarms. So we have fire alarms in various buildings, a lot that are hospitals or hotels sure. or important building, important buildings. So I'm still having to work. But. I do a lot of my work is in the West End, and I'll, a couple of days ago I put a pop a video on my Instagram, and I was in Piccadilly Circus, and it was midday, and it was dead, like you could hear a pin drop, and it was, it was like 28 days. Yeah, you know I filmed 28 days later. Yeah. Or it was like I am legend. It was just and it was surreal, man. Like how's it been yeah. for you guys over there?
1: It's the same way. It's um. Well, recently, I mean, it's, I don't know, it, The reports came out that in New York City alone, it's like one fifth of all of the, like I don't know, all of the confirmed cases in the entire country. One fifth of it is just in New York City alone. Yes, yeah,
2: so insane, that, man.
1: and that's where I'm at. I'm I'm in Brooklyn, so I'm in the hot zone um it's crazy um a couple of weeks ago uh me and my girl we went to uh i work i work pretty much in midtown manhattan i don't work too far from times square and so i mean right where the ball drops every single year on new year's eve we walked and it was like I said it, we we I, we discussed this the last time but there's the yeah. opening scene in the in the movie with Tom Cruise called Vanilla Sky. And you I can know, go right? on you you go on YouTube just type in Vanilla Sky opening scene and it's a dream sequence. He wakes up, he gets in his car and he drives down and there's nobody around and then he gets to to the middle of Times Square and he gets out of his car and there's nobody. And they actually shut down Times Square to film that. There's no CGI or anything. So he, he gets out of his car and there's no one, and he just starts running through Times Square with nobody around. And when me and my girl went there a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't too much different than that. Like I got out and I was in the middle of the street, right in the middle of the center of Times Square, wow. taking was- pictures for like a good minute. And then I wow. actually, without even looking behind me, I actually yelled over to her. I was like, is there any cars behind me? Like I had to even ask if there's any cars behind me in the middle of Times Square. Yeah. Which, which if it was a normal day, I wouldn't even be able to cross the street. Like. Yeah, I know. Bizarre, very weird. Um, and now, I mean, I mean, it was like three or four days ago we did this originally, but now today is the first day. That they said that there was a slow in infections and the and the and the death rate has gone down
2: that's good, a man. little bit today. But Same over, as in London, yeah, or yeah. England. So I'm saying, yeah, yeah. it's
1: they, I think right now I believe it's like four thousand people somewhere around there already died in New York City from it.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's that well. Cool. Well, when well, you say the over numbers a, like oh, that, yeah.
1: it's like over a hundred thousand cases confirmed.
2: Yeah. I mean in London we was averaging they were they said uh, about a week ago the death rate was doubling every day or every couple of days or something and I think we're getting up to like around 600 to 700 people dying um, a day yeah. but they've said uh, there has been a slight decrease so the quarantine the quarantine seems to be working so yeah I'm just fingers crossed and I'm praying to God that, you know, if we can all just stick to this quarantine, then we can start to see the numbers dip across the world, not just here, but everywhere, you know. But it, it does yeah. seem to be working. Oh, I wanted to ask you, um, because over here, there's been a thing like um, the government has said, you're allowed to go out for a one-hour walk for exercise around your block. Okay. For what some people were doing, they were um, going out We've had a bit of good weather here as well, so they've been going out, sunbathing, and whatnot. And now yeah. the government are coming down stronger, and they're gonna. The police now can stop you in the street and ask yeah. you why you are. Is that the same in the
1: states? It's well, in New York, it's not like that. Um, there is like like earlier today, we went to the store. Like we went to, I don't know, it's like a big like a drug store, like a pharmacy. I don't know if they have like a Rite Aid or anything like that over there, but uh, no. it's like a big it's like a big pharmacy department store where you can get everything from like toilet paper to your prescription meds or whatever. But, um, they let, I think 10 people are allowed in the store at a time. So there's a line of people outside and everybody is like six feet apart from each other. Everyone has gloves on. Everyone has a face mask on. Yeah. Um, Also you can't go out in groups um, as a matter of fact, while I was setting up here before, my girl she she went to go to Home Depot to go. She wanted to buy paint because we're bored, so we're doing all kinds of household stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. You know, so we're like cleaning everything. Like she's, she's cooking like crazy. It's 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 cool, but it sucks because we're stuck in here trying to do things. You know what I mean? You haven't um, stuff yet, no. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, she she went out and then she she told me before that she went to it's a place called Cropsy Park. And it's a big park and it's nice out today. And she said that there's police trucks, that there's trucks out there and they're breaking up groups of people. Wow! Like some people just don't get it. Like a few days ago, a big naval ship, like a a naval hospital came to New York and docked at the port. And there was like dozens and dozens of people with their stupid phones out yeah. Videotaping this, it's like you're missing the whole point. Like, there's a reason why this is here because the hospitals are packed and overrun, and they're here to help because of this virus. And you are all packed together to look at this thing. What's wrong with you people? Do know, you, do you know. really have to go on Facebook Live? Do you really? You don't. I mean,.
2: <laughs> With the whole phone thing we've seen already we've seen i've seen videos online where a woman's getting beat up by a guy and then rather than people stop stop it they pull their phones out and yeah. they want to fucking get a viral moment on their facebook or instagram feed so some people are just thick as thick as shit yeah. unfortunately.
1: It, it drives me crazy it drives yeah, me crazy. I know. But, but, but i mean going back to how it is over here it's it's messed up, man. It's like you said, you worked on fire alarms and stuff. I, I'm, I'm considered an essential worker as well, but I'm still getting paid my, you know, my, my weekly salary, but I'm working every other day. I'm switching every other day with my boss. So like this week, like I, like this week I work Tuesday and Thursday. He's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the following week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So it's three weeks on two weeks, three weeks, two weeks each week. But, yeah. um, I'm, I'm essential because I, I run like um a 21-story high-rise in the middle of Manhattan. So like with your fire alarms and stuff like that, like there's a fire alarm panel that I have to monitor. There's, you know, the boilers. There's all kinds of – I have to make sure there's no leaks. I have to make sure there's no fires. I have to make sure that there's no faults on the fire alarm system. So, so yeah. I'm considered essential too, which is a good thing because we're both infrastructure. We keep shit running. You know what yeah, I mean?
2: Yeah, that's why. That's why. I mean – there's a lot of people that have had to stop working, mainly people that run their own business and they're yeah. suffering. They are really suffering. So from that I mean, personally, me, I would like to be in a position where I wouldn't I didn't have to work and I would still get See? my wage. Sure. But the problem we have is um our government have implemented uh something they called furlough, where they if you can't work, they will pay eighty percent of your wage. Um and then the twenty percent basically you lose. So right. I know for the company I work, I work with, a few people have been furloughed, but I have to continue working. So it's a bit hard because when you're going out, you it's weird, man. Like when you like you said before, when you go into a supermarket or when you come into some sort of interaction with people, there is that bit of all right, you stand over here, I stand over here, and you're worried all the time. It's, that anxiety bit of it I don't like, but at the same time, I've got to pay the bills, and I'm happy that I'm not one of the people that I'm, well, I'm lucky that I'm not someone that's trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my next bill or how I'm going to get food and shit, so
1: yeah, I mean, same here, I mean same here and and I mean, do you do you take like mass transportation, like do you take like the train or something like that to work, or do you drive in your own car?
2: Yeah, so like I said before, a lot of my work is in central London. So I live in a, well, they call it Greater, greater London, but it's actually, uh, I've always known it as Essex, which is on the border of uh, London. So I grew up in East London, but then I moved out to Essex. Okay. So on a normal day going to work, I drive in, cause I've got a company car, and it usually takes me anywhere between an hour and a half and two hours to get to central London. But since this quarantine, I can get to central London in 35 minutes. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it in an hour, hour and a half. Wow. The roads are dead. There's nothing going on whatsoever. So, yeah. like I, I said, mean, I am I, legend.
1: I don't drive in. It's just too expensive for me to drive in. Plus, to yeah. park in the city is crazy. So I take the train in, man. I mean, the only time I really, I mean. And you though the train. Huh? Sorry, sorry to uh, cut you off.
2: are you no, paranoid of of getting on the train? Um, I'm, can't I'm... touch this, can't touch that.
1: No, I, I, I'm not that way. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get paranoid with things. Um, I look at it like this. I'm careful, of course. I'm careful when I go onto the trains. I wear gloves. I'll put a face mask on. Um. And I look at it, listen, at the end of the day, if I wind up catching it, I catch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm yeah. going to try not to, obviously. Yeah, cool. I'm not going to be scared of it. I mean, it's uncomfortable and it's weird. But yeah. it's crazy because on the train on a normal day, especially getting out of work, because I get out of work at, at 6 o'clock in the afternoon, 6 o'clock at night, and that's peak rush hour. In the okay. middle of Manhattan, there is hundreds of thousands of people everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Now I'm walking down the street and there's like, I've taken pictures. I put them up on my Facebook page and stuff. There's maybe like on within three avenues. there's like 20 people. Yeah. 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 In the yeah, middle yeah. of rush hour during the week in the middle of the capital of the world. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So and And I get a seat all the time on the train. There's always <laughs> seats, you know what I mean? I mean, the trains are still running like how they're supposed to, but there's there's nobody. There'll be a bus driving down the street, and the only person that will be on the bus is yeah. the bus driver
2: you know what? We've had a few um bus drivers pass away, ma'am, from coronavirus recently, so oh. the mayor of London's like he, he's 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 well he says he's pretty worried about it, so um. The thing with the gloves is, yeah, I was wearing gloves. And it's like, but apparently, I heard, if you if you wear gloves, if you pick up a few things or you touch a few things, you're really supposed to change them again. Of course. Because it, it's, you might as well touch it with your hand after a while. Do you know your what I mean? Might as well. Yeah, you, so the gloves are ineffective. Yeah,
1: tr- try to go an hour without indirectly touching your face. Uh,
2: it's a, yeah, I've done try. it so much. You can't. You
1: it was can't. like the other day I was. I was in
2: work and I was screwing something. And you know <laughs> when you're trying to get a screw in it and then you get the screw and you put, you hold it in your mouth? Of course. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, right. That screw got
1: coronavirus on it.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got this screw in my hand and now I've put this screw, I'm holding it in my mouth.
1: Right.
2: So well, if up. I've touched something that was on my hand and I've picked up this screw and then I've put this screw in my mouth to hold it while I'm screwing something, then...
1: Then yeah, what's
2: the point? So Yeah, I've, I've just, I don't know. I'm doing yeah. the best I can, but yeah, me do you... too.
1: I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I try Yeah, I try to be careful, but you know, it's what can you do, man? I mean, I try, like I said, I try to be careful, but you just don't realize, you don't know. There's a lot of things that people don't even know about this whole thing. Is it airborne? What, how, what, all right, so if someone is six feet away from me, maybe there's that, that person might have it and they don't know, but they have a different strain but it's a stronger strain. So if they're eight feet away and they cough, maybe I can still get it. Like, yeah, you don't yeah,
2: know. Yeah. It, this it, is a thing, like you're saying, we don't know. And with this stronger strain or lesser strain or whatever you want to call it, right. we don't know if that's a true thing. We don't know if it's your immune system. Someone's body might have a stronger immune So we don't know if it's the immune system or if there's a stronger strain of this thing. Yeah, but, it's um,
1: true. I, mean, I, I heard a story of like, there was a guy who like, he survived like the Spanish flu, the World War II, he was in Vietnam, this, that, and the wow. other thing, everything. He like survived like 9-11. And he was like, he was like 98 years old and he recovered mm. from coronavirus. But oh. then but then there'll be like some poor, like 17-year-old girl yeah. with yeah. no with no like health issues, and she'll die from it. So it's yeah. it's so crazy how it hits different people in yeah. which way.
2: You know what, you just reminded me of something we had in the last conversation that, that didn't get recorded. <laughs> no, the last um, episode. Yeah, the last episode. But I was asking you, how do you compare this to 9-11 in oh. terms of the community and how has it been? Well, what, what's the differences? I know. Yeah, continue. So go on.
1: It's um, well, it's it's different. Because I mean, obviously, you can't compare them. It's completely two different, completely, and anim- two different animals. But with nine eleven, you were allowed out of your house, you know? Um, yeah. everybody had like this sense of like patriotism, and everybody was super friendly to one another. Like strangers would say "Hello" and good morning," and you know, all that stuff, just just normal. You know consideration for each other, and it wore off eventually because New Yorkers are New Yorkers. You'll you
2: know, go back to being assholes. It happens yeah, a lot yeah, of Yeah, yeah, we'll
1: life. go right back to being assholes. <laughs> you know, some of us, the majority, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. But then, but like something like this, it's so different because you can't leave your house, and there's not a lot of people out. So there are a couple of instances where I'd be on the street and someone would say, excuse me or whatever. And just like, people are being nicer, but you also can't, you can't go near each other. So I don't know. I I see people online are being nice, but then there's some people that are still assholes online. So (laughs) I, I think that once, once it all blows over, whenever that might be everybody for the most part, We'll be nice and happy to see each other and this and that and the third. But then give it a month and then everyone's going to be like, oh, business as usual. Everything's the same. Everyone's going to forget. Yeah. And then it's going to wind up being however they were right before this all started. Yeah, you know what
2: I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was kind of, I, I I hope that people appreciate things more after this. Yeah, me too. You know, too. What I mean, because there are a lot of things that we take for granted that this has made me realize, like shit, man. You know, and yeah. I was saying to you last time as well. I can't wait for that first hardcore show after
1: this. You know, it's gonna, no matter who. It's gonna, who plays, it's gonna sell out. No matter who plays, it's gonna sell out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. Pack, you know, be and that, that, yeah, that's a great thing. I mean, you know, everything, everything from from. Ball games to big concerts to hardcore shows to even the parks and just people are just gonna be out. And people gonna be buying stuff, but then that's another thing. Like as I'm talking, so many businesses are shut down and will never be able to reopen. Oh yeah, definitely. But the government
2: have put a package together to help them, right? Yeah. Well, what's, what's this two trillion pound uh... dollars war chest that I'm hearing about?
1: uh whatever it is we ain't seeing all of it it's it's bailouts for yes there there are some bailouts for to help some businesses most of it is going to go to probably i don't know probably fucking oil companies and bankers and all that yeah. sh- of course um but what i don't even know if i'm even eligible for it i don't care if i am or not um but supposedly if you're eligible you get like $1200 but it's like, yeah. what is that going to do? It's, it's not even like, oh, here's your $1,200, and you could go and take that and spend it so that it stays within the economy. Like, where yes. am I spending it? You know what I'm yes. saying? Online or whatever. But that's going to go towards, you know, the car payment or something like that that, I mean, not me personally, but somebody, you know, couldn't pay. So now that's going to go to groceries. So that's going to go... To wherever, so it's it's bullshit. It's 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 nonsense. Um well, what, I'm, I mean I'm, the whole I'm, thing is like fourteen hundred pages long. It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I I'm I'm talking more so though, the bars that are not open or I don't know, the flower shop down the road or
1: right, like the little farm get, and pop stores
2: are yeah, the they, pop they, they're gone. So they won't get a lump sum of money to help keep the business afloat. You I don't, don't, don't I, know.
1: I don't, I don't think they're going to, I mean, maybe they'll get like a little bit of a little something, but is that going to be enough to keep a business that was just surviving? Yeah. And then let's just say this whole thing goes on for three months. We don't know. So maybe that business is out of business for three full months and that owner can't pay his workers. Those workers are out of a job. And then that worker is paying his mortgage or this or that or whatever he's doing and then he has to go in and what about let's just say he's a restaurant, like a small restaurant with a few tables, you know, a little cafe or something. He has to restock all of his inventory. He has to pay his back bills. He has to do everything.
2: Yes, yeah, killer man.
1: How's he going to maintain that? The government
2: has to step in and help. They have to, man. They have to because, oh, right, if it is one or two small businesses, the government wouldn't give a fuck. But if you're talking about the whole country, that's going to have an impact on the economy. It yeah. will have an impact. They're going to have to step in and help these small companies. But um, did you think this is all bullshit when it first
1: came about? 100%. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same, man. I, I, You know, I thought it was just, you know, the new distraction from some other bullshit that they're doing or, you know, some... You know, buzzworthy, you know, the flavor of the week type shit. yeah, you for know real. and then, you know, we touched on this last time. It's like within two weeks of it just hitting the news, two weeks after that, we're basically quarantined in our house, and it's not even by force. It was mm. by on your phone and on the news. The government suggesting to you, this is what's going to happen. or you are going to get sick and you might die? So, and I was kind of making fun of it. I'm like, yo, the the government is like everybody's (laughs) daddy, and we're all this, we're we're all the children, and we just got sent to our room, and then we'll be allowed out when the when daddy says we're allowed out.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's how I looked at it. I'm like, yo, that's just way we're skeptical people, man. Yeah, well, I'm very skeptical, and I am very skeptical. skeptical.
2: Yeah, me too, I don't man. Believe nothing that people, I don't believe nothing that politicians say to me. I always Never. say a pinch of salt.
1: But Never, me neither. I don't care what color tie you wear. It's all bullshit. It. I don't care if it's a red tie, a blue tie, Democrat, Republican. They're all friends.
0: They're yeah, all yeah.
1: friends. You know, Donald Trump was like, yeah, Hillary Clinton, Yeah, you're going to go to jail. You're going to go to jail. She's not going to jail. They're all friends. It's like <laughs> It's pro wrestling. It's yeah, the big yeah, it yeah, yeah. guy and they're all friends. They all go out for drinks and do crazy shit when they're not on TV together. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's bullets, all bullshit.
2: So when did it when did it become real for you? I think for me it was when um I started to see. I think it was Italy when I started to see what was happening in Italy. Yeah. I was like, holy shit! Like, Italy had it hard, man.
1: Yeah, real hard. And then yeah. we and then and then New York jumped past Italy. We jumped. Past, oh, yeah, we jumped
2: right past them. The funny so, thing is, when it when it kicked off in, I think was it China or Italy? I remember watching Trump, and Trump was like, "Yo, it's just the flu, you know, it's <laughs> nothing to worry about. Our infrastructure is great; we can deal with it when it comes over here." Blah de blah. Then two weeks later, he was like, "Oh, you know, well, this is this is quite serious, you know, the yeah. Chinese virus, if he was calling it or whatever he was <laughs> yeah. saying."
1: Fucking crazy man.
2: I know. And then by the fourth week he was like, Oh God, we've got to, you know, we got to close down the borders, yeah. blah
1: de blah. Yeah. It's blah, all man. just it just everyone's just talking. Blah blah blah. It's just all talk. I don't know how people take him or anybody else seriously. It's one. it's like I look at him and I say it all the time. Like whenever I see him, I kinda laugh because this dude got voted in. He's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's in the wrestling Hall of Fame, and that's what I look at politics as. I'm like, this is perfect. It's such nonsense, and it's, and he's just a figurehead. He just talks. You know, other people are influencing what he says. There's a lot of money involved. There's yeah. bankers. There's big oil. Even there's his own assets. All of his Trump shit is real. All of that shit all comes into play. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't
2: you know, know if you're aware. I don't know if you're aware, but I am. Um... Our Prime Minister, Boris, he's mm-hmm. he got, um, he had, he's got COVID-19, I think, what, a couple of weeks ago? And when I first heard the news, I thought it was all bullshit. Like, I thought, nah. They're just putting it out there that he's got it so that it makes him look like he's one of the people and he's struggling right. with us and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. But just within the last 20 minutes, he's been admitted to, hosp- to hospital. So, wow. So, like,
1: Oh, less twenty
2: minutes today. Yeah, today. Yeah, I just oh, got no um, a, a notification on my phone, and uh, he's actually been in, admitted to hospital. And also, Prince Charles had it as well. I don't know if you are aware of that, Prince Charles. No. All oh, right. So he's like, I, I,
1: I, at this point, I try my best now. If I come across something in the news, fine. But I don't go to the news, and because if you, if for me personally if I'm staying on the news and I'm watching it, watching it, just going to drive myself fucking crazy.
2: Yeah, this is, Zach, you're so fucking white, man. I was no, going to turn the news, you know what? I was thinking, funny enough you said that because today I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn all news notifications off on my phone because yeah. my phone's blinging every five minutes. 600 people dead. Nurse yeah. dies. Bus driver dies. Crazy. Oh, and I'm just like, all right, I know, I know what this thing is. I don't need to like, just have it
1: every minute of the day. Right. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah. when I still have to work. So of course. It, and it's like, no matter what I see on the news, whatever they say, it's not going to change anything in reality. It's going to end when it ends. I'll find out about it. You know what I mean? I'll find out. Yeah. You know, I don't have to be stuck on my phone or just watching and scrolling. I'll drive myself fucking crazy. I know, Man, I know, crazy I know.
2: But I know, at least it gives you a good chance to dig in the crates and pick pick out some old music and. Yeah, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: without a doubt. But that's good though that you you only have to do one day on or one day off or two days on or two days. Yeah,
1: it's, it's yeah it's every fine. other day, so yeah. it's it's all good. Um, it's sorry. That's fine. Um. So yeah, it's like I it's like like I'll yeah he's Monday Wednesday Friday and then I'll work that Tuesday and Thursday and then vice versa.
2: No, yeah. that's cool, man. Yeah, cool. so, I
1: mean... It's so you, cool get, you, get, you, get, you, you get equal shares of the virus, yeah? <laughs> yeah, we get equal shares, exactly. <laughs> it's only fair, he, right? <laughs> he drives in, but I, I, I should be getting hazardous duty pay, man. Yeah, that's what you I know? feel like. That's what I feel like, but I don't know. Yeah, don't know, man. it is what it is. But, it is. yeah, man, like 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 we said, though, once this all blows over, you know, everything hopefully... I know I do I, I, I always appreciate things. I, I always try to stop and take a moment and appreciate the things I have and and shit like that because I know where I've come from. and so the 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 things that I have, and it's not that much, but the things that I do have, I appreciate them. Yeah. and you know I, I don't I don't take things for granted. I don't take time for granted. I always try to stay busy and do fun shit and I laugh. I laugh at myself more than anything, you know what I mean? I try, I really don't take shit too serious, but, um, you know, hopefully everybody or the majority of the people, once this all blows over and they come out of this, you know, and you know what I was saying? I don't know. I, I look at it like this. Like if you don't come out of quarantine, with like a new skill set or something, yeah, man. you know what I mean? You know, I mean, at least paint your house, clean your house, organize your closet. I don't know. Learn how to, learn how to do something, I don't know. But if you come out of this whole thing the same exact person as before, motherfucker, you lost. Like, you Uh, lost.
2: Yeah, no, for real. I know for a fact that Pornhub must be getting some mad, mad streaming numbers. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Nah, Uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy, man. What's your opinion on uh, this whole thing starting in a meat market? or a wet market in Wuhan do you think that's true or do you think there's some deeper thing going on here i like that some people believe um
1: just the just the term wet market sounds filthy and it sounds like viruses would come out of something cold wet it just wet sounds
2: market. horrible yeah, it, it just
1: sounds dirty and just nasty um no matter where it is china or around the block from here it doesn't matter a wet market just sounds nasty. Um, um, did it come from that? Possibly. Um, do I think so? I think I'm gonna flip a coin with that because I know that like maybe like like I don't know. There's a few miles away in Wuhan, there's like some kind of a crazy lab that's there, and that's a yeah. fact. That's not even a conspiracy. Did it come from that? Don't know. You know. Yeah, so yeah. I I I think there is definitely something deeper to this than what we're all being told because they don't tell us everything you know what i mean it's the government oh, yeah. they're not telling us everything because if Ch- you think china is being honest hell no uh, i think double the amount of people most probably got
2: infected and died but right they're gonna so, make-
1: yeah but did it come from a wet market i would like to say yeah you know did yeah. somebody did did it start by somebody eating like bat soup? Maybe I don't know. My whole feeling, because what I heard was um that there was basically
2: there were some uh, animals that were tested on, and then this meat or whatever was supposed to be destroyed, but it ended up on the black market, ended up on on at this market, ended up being sold, ended up, ended up being eaten, and the rest is history. But in terms of bats and stuff like that, I mean, over in Asia, they've always eaten that type of food for a long yeah. time. So I'm, I'm wondering why now and not before. Don't know. So, it could be
1: all bullshit. I mean, it maybe could be bullshit. Yeah. Maybe not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It could, it could be just bullshit, be that stereotypical, you know, bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's, it's uh, but yeah. Well, yeah it dies down. I mean, they they say that 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 the virus. Doesn't like it can't survive in heat, so maybe by the summertime uh, maybe it'll die down. I don't know, but then what's going to happen when it gets cold again? You know what I
2: mean? Well, I, well, I, I can, can tell you from the, the back that England England is fucked because it never gets hot here. It gets hot in England for like one week. <laughs> Our summer is one week, and then it, it goes it? back. To, uh, to be fair, we had a great summer uh, last year. We had about s- seven or eight weeks of unbearable heat and i loved every moment of
1: it but usually what's unbearable heat to you though
2: not unbearable not unbearable for me but for a lot of my friends oh it's too hot (laughs) i would say i don't know 20 30 maybe 32 okay 28 maybe not for me i i love it but i've got friends that are like wimps the sun comes out and they're like vampires, man. They they went off into the shade somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, we had a great I think we we kind of follow New York. Whatever weather you guys have, we kind of follow it a, a week later or something, it seems to yeah. be. I don't know if it's the way you know.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's sometimes it's crazy hot, humid, it's, sometimes it's miserable. So you don't like it. I I'll tell you one thing. I would rather sweat than be freezing. Oh, my brother. I don't yes. like the cold. When it I comes to the cold, it. I'm like I'm like a bitch when it comes to the cold. I don't like it. There's, oh, and I cold. should be used to it, because I'm born and raised in New York, so I should be used to it. Never like the cold. Hate it.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of people in England that like the cold. Like, I do a lot of work on building sites, and it could be freezing. I'd have my thick jacket on i have a scarf on i have some thick socks on and they're coming in shorts and like a Freak. t-shirt and then get changed <laughs> into their pp at sight. and i'm like ain't you cold and like not really uh-huh. I, I don't know yeah crazy kind of it's kind of nuts man but i can't wait for this shit to be all over man because um yeah I, I haven't it's weird because i'm i haven't played with my bands or anything for ages i haven't I'm lucky I've, at home I have a like a little studio set up where everyone does now so you can be creative creative yeah. at home but I miss playing in the band man I miss
1: Yeah I am sure man it's, it's crazy yeah. how I mean everything from these little tiny little clubs like it went from 1000 people to 500 people to 100 to 50 now everyone has to be 6 feet apart each person so that affects every single thing including Tiny little hardcore shows that are in tiny little bars. Yeah,
2: Done. yeah, yeah.
1: You know it's fucked up. So speaking I mean, of hardcore bands. Yeah. And so 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 we're gonna for the second time in a week we're gonna go over your 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 two bands, Weema.
2: Yeah, thank you, sir. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's really listen. It's it's the first it's the first time anyone's hearing this, so it's all good.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I try and explain it better this time than I did last time.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, listen, last time that's I'm, I, last time was great this is going very well too, by the way this is good shit, you're very easy to talk to which, I hear that everyone which, yeah, which, yeah I mean you know, there's, there's, I've done, I don't know 150 I have like a, up to 158 recorded I've that's released 152 right. and I have like 30 mini episodes, and there's a couple of these, but I mean, I appreciate every single one of them, but some of them are just a little more difficult to do than others because some yeah. people aren't as talkative, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with somebody like yourself, this is They talk easy. too much. Nah, <laughs> nah, it's all good. So, yo, sometimes I like it, I'll, I'll sit back and I'll just listen. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, there was yeah. one I did with with um Siv from Gorilla Biscuits and... um. Uh, the singer for the band Alone in the Crowd, and I was oh, I Siv, Siv invited me to his house, and I did it. And I brought my daughter, and my daughter was hanging out with Siv's daughter, and I didn't, I didn't realize that Siv and um, Oh Jesus Christ, what the hell is his name? Wow, I can't. Wow, what, that happens. It was the, it was the, yeah yeah that that happened last time with you at your record label. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was the first time that they saw each other in, like, 20 years. And I didn't oh, even realize God. that. So I sat there for two hours and 20 minutes. I said, like, five words. And I just you sat just there. shut the fuck up, yeah. That's I shut the fuck man. up and let them go. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. So so back to, uh, let's start with knuckle dust, man. Yeah, knuckle dust is my baby, man. Yeah, knuckle dust. So. <laughs> it started in 95, correct?
2: Uh, uh 96 officially.
1: Well, 96 uh, is your first release, which is London Hardcore.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So Knuckle dust consists of myself, Pierre on vocals, Waymond on drums, and uh Nikki on bass. So myself, Waymond, and Nikki, we, we all went to school together, but we never used to hang out. We we used to say hello, and that was about it. We met Pierre a lot later on. So how did Knuckle dust form? Right. It's a bit of a bit of a long story, but i try and keep it short and sweet. So basically, me and Raymond, we grew up in the same area, a place called Beckton in uh, East London. So as before, I used to see Ray about, but never used to really talk to him, used to just say hello and that was it. Right. So in the summer holiday, we had a, a youth centre and they used to put on activities to keep the kids off the streets. Because otherwise, otherwise we'll be hanging around, getting into trouble. Of course. Stealing cars. No, not really. But, you know, just getting into trouble. Yeah. um, Doing stupid shit. Doing stupid shit, yeah. Doing
1: stupid shit that teenagers do.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to go into some some of the stupid shit I've done. But um, actually, I want to quickly side. Have you ever seen that that film, Full Metal Jacket? You must have seen it, right? Of course. Of course. A hell of a lot of the scenes, all the war scenes from that film, was filmed in Beckton. Oh no shit! Yeah. So all the all the all that um, area where the war was kicking off, that yeah. was our play area. We used to go. We used to. It was old gasworks. Really? Old disused gasworks that had old buildings in it. It was the best adventure playground. It was oh, dangerous sure. as fuck, but it was the best playground ever if you was a kid. And we used to always sneak in there and play, and a few kids got hurt in there badly. So, um, I'm sure. but anyway, getting back to it, um, yeah, we went. So, this youth community center, they had a, they, they had a, um, uh, they won, um, what was it a music, a musical project so, project? so, basically, what it is, they had some musicians come in, and then you would come in and they, you would pick up an instrument, and they would basically say to you, right. That's the bass guitar. That's the guitar. That's the drums. This is how you play this song. This is how you play that song. Do you, do you know what I mean? So we went there. We learned. We learned music and whatnot. So I was doing that throughout the summer holiday with um, a few of my friends and a few of the girls from around my area, and I, I absolutely loved it, man. The first instrument I went to was the bass, and it just, I just loved everything about it. So when the six weeks holiday ended, we spoke to the youth worker and we said, is there any way we can continue doing this beyond the summer holidays? And luckily, back then, the government was given um, communities funding to do that, so we were able to continue on. So what happened is, we basically ended up forming a soul band and it was called Hidden Reality. So I was on bass, I had my boy on guitar and we had about eight female vocalists from all over that I had known for, that that enjoyed singing, that were into gospel. Okay. We couldn't... We had... I remember now because we had this conversation before that no one's going to hear, but <laughs> on right. the drums, we used to always have one of the teachers playing drums because no one was good enough to pick up the drums to hold the beat. Right. And then someone said to me, oh, Raymond, you know Raymond from around the block? Yeah. yeah. He plays... plays drums he's got a drum kit i'm like oh really i said okay cool so the next time i saw raymond i asked him i said to him like do you play drums and he's like yeah i play drums so i had to convince him to come down and like join this band and before he didn't want to do it but then eventually i you know he came down and checked it out and then raymond started playing drums and um as i said before we formed this band called hidden reality and that went for about two years and we, was, um, we used to do covers like James Brown or, okay. James Brown or Atlantic Star or... Okay. That's Rob cool. Though, songs. Yeah. And we used to just do like, whenever there was like um, a community gathering, we'd play a gig there or... It was really good fun, man. And I absolutely loved it. But with eight female singers, like, there was a lot of infighting. And eventually, it, <laughs> it, it died. It died. It died because off. Had- yeah. So anyway, going back to Raymond and Nikki, like I said, we were all in the same school. Yeah. Nikki was heavy into Guns and Roses. Nikki had the long hair. It was heavy into um, Skid Row and Metallica, way before us, but way before I even knew anything about that shit. I heard a few Guns and Roses songs on TV, but that was it. Yeah. So Raymond and Nicky started hanging out with each other and eventually Raymond was getting more and more into like Guns N' Roses and Metallica. And then whereby this time I had developed quite a close relationship with Raymond through the band Hidden Reality. Okay. I started hearing these songs and being like, oh shit, this, this stuff's quite good. Yeah. And then I started getting into Guns N' Roses. Then I went from Guns N' Roses. To I used to love Metallica, man. Of it's course. Listen, that, that
1: Appetite for Destruction record is an amazing record. To this oh
2: yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's a ma- amazing, amazing. But what was that Metallica documentary that they released? The one and a
1: half years or something? Do you remember that? Well, there was well, there was. It was that couple... old one. Well, the an Black Album? One. There's an old old one called Cliff and All. And then there was that one... after that. That's just... really old. That's We're still what, Cliff. What? And then there was uh, some kind of monster.
2: No, no, there was one way before that. There was one, when they were recording the Black Album, they recorded all the sessions in the studio, and it had Bob Rock in it, who's like the producer of that album. But all right, maybe you haven't uh, seen no, it, but... Not sure. Yeah, I used to watch this video all the time, man. I was a big Metallica fan. So then I said to Ray, me and Ray was like, let's start doing a, like a metal band. So me and Raymond, and my friend that used to play guitar in, the, in Hidden Reality... He started playing. I moved to guitar. My friend that was playing guitar in Hidden Reality started playing bass. And Ray was on the drum and drums. And we was doing like just covering Pantera songs and Metallica songs and spin doctors. I don't know why spin doctors, but we <laughs> we had this little four track and we used to just we re, re-record these songs. Okay. But my friend that my friend that was um on that moved from guitar to bass, he wasn't really into it. He wasn't into metal. He was just, he was my best friend, and he was just doing it for me. So, like, he lost interest. And then Raymond said to me, you know what? Why don't I ask Nick if he wants to join the band? And I said to Raymond, I'm cool with him joining the band, but I want to stand guitar. He has to play bass. Right. So then, like, Raymond asked Nicky, would you want to join the band, but you have to play bass? And Nicky was like, Nicky's really easygoing. And Nicky was like, yeah, cool, man, I'll do it. So then Nicky joined. And that was uh, the beginning of Knuckledust. Uh, we wasn't called Knuckledust straight away. We had we had some shit band name. <laughs> we called, um, it was called. It's really shit, man. We called ourselves Mental Torment.
1: That's awesome.
2: Uh, that's a every, shit. Band.
1: <laughs> every band has that. Every yeah, band a has name, a shitty man. name, and yeah, they don't yeah. want to admit it, and they don't want to release like the early music or the demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, cool. no, exactly. I
1: always, so, so, I always ask people that. That's one thing I always ask when they're like, "Oh yeah, my first band." I always stop. What was the name of the band? And it's always something really cheesy. Always.
2: yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's good 'cause you're young and you know, you know, you, you don't oh, know any better. You just think like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." Yeah, that sounds yeah, evil. That sounds evil. Hard. Yeah.
1: That's
2: why so it's really, funny. really shit songs, right? Really shit songs. <laughs> and Nicky was singing and. Nikki doesn't really have the best vocal voice. Do you know what I mean? But it got to a point where I remember we recorded, we had like a little four track that um, the community centre center owned from Hidden Reality. And we recorded some songs on that, about three or four songs. And we must have burned them to about 50 tapes. And then we printed these Mental Torment covers. And we're thinking like, yeah, this is it. We're going to be rock stars. <laughs> and I remember getting these. We got these boxes, like we got this box back with all these tapes in it, and we just looked at the box and we and we was like, "All right, what do we do with it now?" Because we, the, do you know, what I mean, we there was no like internet or anything like that, so we were just looking at these right. tapes, and they they ended up just standing under our under our beds doing nothing. But um, it got to a point where Nikki, we knew we knew that we needed a singer, so we knew this guy called Danny Evans. And he listens to your show as well, so shout out to Danny. He lived in Beckton as well, and he was into—he was heavily into Helmet, and he kind of listened to the same music as us. And then we, you know, we we asked him if he want to try try out on vocals, and he was like, "Yeah, cool, let's do it." There you go.
1: Who came up, up with came
2: Knuckle Dust? Us. What
1: was Who that? Came up with the na- Who came up with
2: the name Knuckle Dust? yeah, I'll get to that later on. It was Pierre. Pierre came okay. up with that. Okay. So, sort of, yeah, I'll try and. Shorten the story down, but Danny sorry, came sorry. in. I interrupted you. So, no, man, go. that's nah, nah, fine. It's Danny good. came in and his voice wasn't too bad, but my God, like he could not sing in time. He just could not understand the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. He just couldn't, he couldn't understand, understand the concept of singing on a beat. Right. And we tried and we tried and we tried. And in the end, we was like, you know what, fuck it. We're just going, he quit because he was frustrated. And we went back to being a three piece. And in my head, I was like, we're just going to play in this community room. Nothing really much is going to come from it. And that's it. Because at that point, I mean, I missed a bit. By that point, we was already kind of discovering hardcore. We, I think Raymond had got the urban discipline by as a tape. From somewhere of course was, we had this i remember now because we had this conversation as i said before it was headbangers ball headbangers yeah. ball played a massive part in like all of our development yeah me and- too yeah, yeah yeah we if it wasn't for that we wouldn't have known half the shit that we know now do you know what nope. i mean no me neither but we, I remember we, I have, I used to record all the episodes of all the bands that I liked, and I remember seeing Biohazard at Dynamo, and just seeing like fifty thousand, sixty thousand people jump up and down to yeah. Biohazard, and I was like, I gave the tape, so I gave the, I recorded it on VHS,
1: yeah. And I said, so you wait,
2: yeah, I said, wait, check this out. This is, this is some shit I've never heard before. It's fucking got some mad groove to it. The way they dress is kind of like. How we dress. Do yeah. You know what I mean, like it was just different. So I give this tape to Ray, and then Ray played it. And then the next day Ray was like, Wow, man, that's that's fucking amazing. That band's amazing. Blah de blah. And then he bought the album. He he picked up the album and then from there we was like, right, we want to play music like this. Sure. With that
1: yeah, band ba- because of that band, so many bands came out of that band. Crazy.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And we didn't know, we knew, because they used to mention the term hardcore every now and again. So we knew we knew the word hardcore, but we didn't exactly know what hardcore was. To us, to me at first, I thought hardcore groove, like right. a bouncing. So Makes sense. I think, yeah, I used to think bands like Stuck Mojo or even Rage Against the Machine, I used to be like, yeah, they're kind of hardcore sounding. Because right. I didn't know exactly what it was. Right, I associated with bounce. So anyway, yeah. So from Biohazard, I think at that Dynam on that Headbangers Ball show, I think it was um, Freddie Marble was interviewing Bobby Hamble or interviewing um, Biohazard, and I think that's just about the time Sell It Off come off or just before Sell It Off come off uh, came out. So That's why I heard the name Marble, and I think Marble had one video. That was airing on um on Headbangers Ball. I can't remember which one. Maybe was down it? by law. Might have been. Yeah, it was down by law. It was down by law. Yeah, it was down by law. I believe. And yeah. I used to love that song. And I was at that point of seeing that video. I hadn't. I I, I, I never heard that the album. So I was like, I I couldn't wait to get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I got the album, and that's my introduction into into hardcore. That was
1: Madball's Mad "Set It Off" record? That was the was that the first hardcore record that you actually bought? I would oh, say
2: okay. no. I would say "Sick of All." To be honest, I keep missing out "Sick of All," but "Sick of All" had just look just look my um what be did look cra- Just, yeah, look, just look, look around video. Yeah, and they had the
1: step down video. Yep. That so was it. all around it's, at the same time? Yeah, well, that came out in '92. I was at 92, so I must have heard that way before just, then. Just Look Around came out in 92. Urban Discipline came out in 92. Set It Off came out in 94. Oh, you're right. Yeah.
2: So I'm most probably getting my timelines mixed up. Okay, uh, it's my, all, memory, it's, my memory it's, is shot, but yeah.
1: within two years. It's all the same thing, man. Yeah. But I would and, say Biohazard,
2: Sick of It All, and um, Mabble were the three bands that were like, set me on my path, man.
1: I got you. Yeah. So Going back
2: to um, us as a band, when Danny joined the band, we was already on this hardcore wave thing or whatever you want to call it. Right. And um, so Danny quit because he couldn't sing in time and he was useless. Joking, Dan, love ya. But then, so in my head, I was like, you know what? We're just going to be playing in this room. Nothing's going to come of it. And then uh, every two weeks, I used to travel down to a place called Wardour Street, which is in central London. There's okay. a lot of record stores and stuff. And what I used to do, what a lot of people used to do, is you used to go to the record shop, you pick up a CD and you look at the thanks list, you look at the pictures, and you go, Oh, that looks hardcore. Let me just buy it. Right. And that's our bo- because we didn't know, we didn't know what band. There was no like I said, there was no internet. So we of didn't course. know who was the hot band, who was shit, who was good, or whatever. You just used yeah. to look at the cover. Look at the thanks list and go, Oh yeah, I've heard that band before, I've heard this band before. Let me get this. Yeah. So I went in there looking for CDs. And as I was walking out one of the record stores, there was um uh an advertisement board on the wall, and I saw a flyer that said hardcore vocalist looking for hardcore band London based. London based shit. And I was like, I was like, wow, man, this is because at this at this point, we didn't know no one else in London that liked hardcore. We felt like we was the only three people, only three or four people in right. the whole of London like the lightest <laughs> style of music, because we were used to going to metal shows. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Sure. So, um, yeah. So I I found I out, and it and it was Pierre. And I said, yeah, what's up, man? I, I saw your flyer in the shop. I hear that you're a singer. I'm in a hardcore band. Would you like to come down and do a rehearsal with us? rehearsal with us and see what happens and he was like yeah so um the funny thing with pierre is i used when we used to go to like um i went to smabble's first ever show in london i went to sick of all shows i went spud monster shows um and the crowd at the time wasn't your typical hardcore crowd it was like a mixed metal crowd Uh you know what i mean so i used to always i used to always see pierre and he stuck out to me because being a black person, there wasn't many other people of color that you used to see, especially at that time. Like right. I used to get into a lot of fights and shit all the time. But yeah. P.S. Peruvian. So when I see him, he used to stick out to me. I'd be like, oh shit, there's like another person of ethnic- ethnicity. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. So> when, <laughs> when I met him, I was like, oh shit, it's you. Like I've seen you at shows before, and, and he recognized us as well. Sure. So anyway. he he, he grabbed the mic and he started singing and like he was he was raw as fuck he was raw as fuck in terms of it wasn't refined but you could tell there was something in there that was like because i think he's got a really unique voice like does he's got the most unique voice in the uk hardcore i don't i'm not that's not coming coming from a biased point of view but he's got a very unique style and I, i was like wow like his voice is really raw, but I could see like the uncut diamond or whatever you want to call it. Sure. So we stuck with it. And Pierre was a driving force into, um, us playing shows and us basically getting outside of that community center. Mm -hmm. Because after about a month or two months of him being in the band, he was like, he, he come up with a name. So we changed the name to Knuckle Dust. And the, I think what was it, what was it? the the idea behind knuckle dust was that um, he said when he was young he used to get into a lot of fights and shit like that. So since he's got in a since he got into a hardcore, he's been able to channel his anger in a more constructive way. Hence, right. he's got dust on his knuckles, knuckle Gosh. dust. Yeah, so it's not nothing right. to do with the knuckle dust, but he it's nothing nothing to do with a knuckle duster as such, which which everyone thinks, but it's right. actually. More to do with you know being positive, not using your fists, right, and being using anger in a more positive way.
1: I got you. Yeah, makes yeah. It, for me, it makes complete sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or, it didn't to me at the time, but it does now. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So he he was like, after being in the band for about a month or two months, he was like, you know what, I'm gonna arrange a gig. And in my head, I was like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, arrange a gig. But I thought it was never going to happen. I just thought he was just talking breeze, you know, Uh, just talking breeze. That's something we say in London, talking breeze, talking shit. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I, I understand. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. So a couple of weeks later, later, he comes back and he says, yeah, I've arranged a gig for us in Candom supporting Stamping Ground. And he was like, Stamping Ground? Because by this time, we're all massive Stamping Ground fans like, wow, this is amazing. I was shitting myself, like I, I was really nervous about doing it because mentally I wasn't thinking about gigs. Right. But then we d- we done the gig and it was it was a buzz. It the buzz was was amazing. Do you know what I mean? And then from that show we became friends with Stamping Ground and Pierre had Pierre was a lot more advanced in terms of hardcore than us. He had. He knew about New York, he knew about a lot more bands from over your side. He knew he had friends with people around the country that were into hardcore. We were still in our little bubble. So Pierre opened us up to the rest of England. Right. And through Pierre, he would phone up his friend in Manchester or Scotland or Birmingham. And he got us, he, he would arrange his gigs in his other little small scenes that are dotted around. It wasn't a big scene, but these other little small groups of people. And that's how we got started playing shows around england and the more we played the more you see the same faces and then yeah. the more you see the same faces they they start a band and yada yada yada, culture, yada yada, yada. Band, e- yeah. yeah there's
1: there's four bands but there's the same 15 people are in the same four bands and all yeah the- yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so yeah, so basically the scene began to grow, 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 grow. There's more bands, more people in it. And then that was the start like for Knuckle Dust, really. And this era of UK hardcore, this era of UK hardcore, I think that's when all the different little scenes started to join together and it started to blossom. And uh, from there, I think, um, I'm trying to think. I think we we played New York... In so basically, we we got offered some shows in Europe. Okay. Now Europe, their scene in the nineties, even now, is incredible, man. They had Europe had like they had a lot more people. Like they were, they had some great bands in Europe, and we luckily got to play. Um, we we got in contact with a few like a few. Once we started playing more in England, our name started to basically. People in other countries started to recognize us a bit more. Oh, knuckle yeah. us. I've heard of you, da de, da 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 Yeah,
1: see you on flyers. You've seen it plus the, all that stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It really wasn't that big, so it's all word of mouth type stuff.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, I think, I, think, I remember, because we, we, we got to play the States in, I think, 1999 or 98 or something. And the way that came about was we got offered a show in Belgium. I think it was a club called magazine, a magazine, I can't remember how you pronounce it, but it was a really well-known venue in Belgium. Okay. And on the bill was um, us, it was Knuckle dust. it was Coming Correct, it was Crutch, and I can't remember, I think it might have been a, um, a, a Belgian band called Trapped in Ice, uh, I can't I can't remember but okay all right I remember bands but this time we are all massive like 25 to like I used to love 25 to life like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that band was one of my favorite bands like I know back, Rick, back this- in the day yeah, yeah. man yeah, me too yeah we know Vic's yeah. a bit well he's gone he's nuts but yeah we'll,
1: we'll 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 separate the old days and the contribution that they played and we'll separate yeah. that from what has happened since.
2: Yeah. (laughs) but Yeah, exactly. But I I credit him for, I know, like, for Back to Basics, because um, through Back to Basics, we, on our side of the pond, we got to learn about E-Town Concrete, Fat Nuts. Uh, What was it? Second to None at the time. Um, What what other bands did they release? So many. One for One. One. Oh, yeah. All them, all them bands. And, I think we got to hear Crutch. Was Crutch on Back to Basics? No, I think Crutch I think was. so. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. But anyway, I remember we got this show and I was like, oh, yeah, coming correct. Amazing. I can't wait to see him." So we played. We done our thing. And this show was kind of packed. It was about 200, 200 people or something like that. So we're like, uh, yeah, I'm waiting for coming to correct. Come on. By this time, I heard a few Crutch songs and I really liked them. Now I remember hearing one of, hearing they had like this four, this CD with four songs on it. I can't remember what it was called. And I I remember thinking, oh, they sound like fire hazard. I I re, I was like into them, but I was more excited to see Coming Correct at the time. Right. So I'm waiting to see Coming Correct. Crutch comes on, and when I say Crutch, just they 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 killed it. They, they killed absolute, it. It was one that show just is one of my favorite shows to this day. It was like mayhem. And I remember when Coming Correct come on, it was like, you know, they. they I felt bad for them. I felt bad for them. Because the room was like, everyone had exhausted all of their energy watching Crutch. So when right. Coming Correct come on, like, it was half the impact. But um, from that show, I became really good friends with the guys from Crutch, like Richie, Cole, yeah. Battle, Mav on guitar. And we stayed in contact with them. And then I think it might have been them. They said we were saying like we want to play the states, and they was like, yeah, we can get you some shows in um in our you know in our town. And I think they so we went over there and we played them. Um, my memory is really bad. You played something. We played them. Um, reverb. Nah, no, no reverb. Reverb wasn't a thing then. This is '98. Oh, okay. This is '98. So um, I can't. Where do we play? Starlight Ballroom? Uh no, nah, no. Nah. It might my, my Somewhere. You <laughs> played somewhere. somewhere. But I remember we played um Brooklyn and we played with Iowa. 8 I think it was um Billy Club Sandwich. Uh it was us. And who else was it? There might have been one other band. Everybody gets had- hurt. Everybody gets hurt. Yeah, you remember from last time? One of my, one of my
1: favorites, man. One of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, they were hard, man. They were hard. And then uh, we great, remember.
1: Great guys, too. All of them, great guys. And rest in peace, little Greg, because he was their guitar player.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was really sad. I remember watching him play, and he used to just be all on the amp,
1: doing these kicks. Oh, everywhere. Chris he B, was, too, the bass player, son. was a maniac.
2: Yeah, he was insane, yeah. man. But yeah, they great were a the great band. band. And I mean, we played Baltimore. And I think that's what we we played with Stout. Yeah, uh, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. And then we played for strength for a reason. We played with Mushmouth Mouth in Pennsylvania. Nice. So like, we made all these friendships, man. That was like, um, yeah, man. That was that was that was an amazing time. But yeah, so that's basically how Knuckle Dust got going. And we just we released five or six CDs to date now. Six um, CDs. Six full lengths. Six full limps, man, and yeah. you know I'm proud of Knuckle Dust. Not because Knuckle Dust is like some massive band or anything like that, but I feel like Knuckle Dust helped create. Uh, it helped. It helped the UK hardcore in terms of developing it. It played its part.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, like, you should be yeah. proud. You should be proud
2: of that. I never used to like a lot. I never used to think of it like that, but a lot of people say it to me. And I'm like, I used to to just think like, uh, you know, they're just being nice or playing wind up my ass. But I started to realize that actually, no, we did play a fucking, an important part in UK hardcore. And I'm proud from that point of view. Of course. Yeah, I'm proud from that point of view. But yeah, man. So Knuckle Dust has been the same for people since it started in a, in '96, and,
1: and and that's rare.
2: That's yeah, that is, man. That is. We was trying to think of bands that have been the same members. I think. Well,
1: sick of sick of it all has been the same band since 1993. Sick of it all. Yes, because, because they had they had a
2: different yeah. bass player, didn't they? Yeah,
1: they it was didn't come in at all. yeah. It was the the bass player was switched and. Armand left the band for a little bit and on the we stand alone seven inch in between blood, sweat and no tears and just look around, there's the we stand alone EP yeah. where there was a different drummer. But wow. once but but from scratch, but right after the Just Look Around tour, I believe, is when Craig joined. And that was it. Armand had had already came back, and then Richie left, and then Craig joined, and then they put out Scratch the Surface. With the same exact lineup oh. then as they are today.
2: Wow, so they've been the same lineup for since 20, 90, 20, since six years.
1: it's really like '93, but the first release was in '94, which was scratch.
2: Yeah. Wow, man, that's so funny. They're my favorite yeah. band.
1: They're my overall. Oh
2: man, band. yeah, yeah. Overall, yeah, yeah.
1: they're my favorite band. Overall.
2: Do you know what I say about sick of it all, man? Is um, you know, like. You get a lot of these bands that have start, that started around that same period. And when you see them live, you can, not to be offensive, but like you can sort of aged and they're not moving around as much. And right. they're like, they're still solid, but they right. don't move. Sick of it all, we're just I watch them. I'm like,
1: they where never. Where does this energy come from? Never just disappoint. Insane. Yeah. Never disappoint. I've seen yeah. them countless times in small rooms, big rooms. Unbelievable band. Every energy, single energy.
2: yeah so like yeah that's yeah man salute salute to uh sick of it all but um down. no but what else was what i saying yeah so basically we've knuckled us um yeah it's been the same uh four people and we um it's slowed down a lot now like because of we've got kids we've got work before we all used to live in london i've moved to like essex which is I only live 30 minutes from where I used to live, so it's not far. Right. But Nikki still um, Nikki still lives in East London. Waymond uh, moved to Brighton, which is like on the coast, the south coast. It's about an hour, well, an hour and a half, two-hour well, two drive into okay. London. Pierre, at the moment, is living in Luton, which is an hour north of London. So we're all spread out. We've got. Nicky's a paramedic, so Nicky's in the thick of all this whole... He's fucking busy now, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in the thick of it. Like, uh, you know what? Salute to everyone from the NHS and all the paramedics. Yeah. Like, he's told me some crazy stories, you know, where I, I can't, not my place to share, but some of the stories he's told me is insane, man. So... Sure. And he works mad hours. Like, he does 12-hour days. And then they'll get like a day off, then they have to work six days, then they'll get two days off. So it yeah. makes it really hard with being in the bands and stuff, but we're still doing knuckle dust, but it's not like out. It's not like right. we're not we've gone past the point of saying, Oh yeah, let's try and get bigger or let's try and we're just we've got our little fan base and we're happy with that. And we just play the little shows here and there when we can. Yeah. And we're not d- really looking to release an album or anything but we are going to write a few songs and you know the good thing now is with spotify and all this other stuff is you can write a few songs and you can put it online and it's there for the world you ain't got to be worrying it. about labels and all that no,
1: but I'd, I'd, all yourself yeah yeah
2: yeah but i do want to give a special shout out to um fio from because i miss if i was to talk about knuckle dust it would we would be here for three hours, like so I'm having to <laughs> skip parts of the story. Oh, I it. Yeah. Um, so from Knuckle Dust, I'll just give a quick run through the timeline. We released London Hardcore on an out a label called Days of Fury. Um uh, from a guy that, at was in, that was in ninety-six, right? That was in ninety-six, yeah. And then from doing that our first show at the the Lovell Tree, that's where we met Ian Glasper from uh, Stamping Ground. Ian Glasper played a major part in UK hardcore as well yep. because he had a lot of contacts and he was working. Have you ever heard of Terrorizer magazine? Of course. You might, oh, you have? Of course. I, I didn't know if he had it in the States, so yeah. So he 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 used to write art, articles for Terrorizer magazine. Yeah. So he used to do a lot of articles on the early UK hardcore shows, which helped bring in more people. Yeah, do you know what we, mean? Should al-
1: we should also let everybody know that Ian Glasper was the last guest on your podcast that everyone yeah. to podcast too.
2: Check that out. Check that out. That's a, we're we're a, out a great, episode. great yeah. episode. So, also with this Terrorizer magazine, every now and again they'll give you a free CD. You know, when people used to care about CDs, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, he got knuckled as a placement on one of the CDs, and that got us like a lot of like, um. Once that CD came out, we had a lot more new people at shows and stuff. Right? So he played a major part in... In um, So I've actually skipped a bit, sorry. He <laughs> formed Blackfish Records, which put out Time Won't Hear This. Yeah. So uh, Time Won't Hear This was through his, through his label. And then all the albums from that point were released on GSR Records. We met up with a guy called Theo. He's a, a Dutch guy. He looks like a biker. Uh, always angry. Love you, Theo. <laughs> but he used to be involved in... Um, have you ever heard of a guy called Ono Cromag? You might not have. Yes. Oh, you have,
1: R- yeah, yeah. Said, rest in peace.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, rest in peace for, for real. But they used to put on... Uh, this was the first European hardcore fest that I can remember, in a way. They used to put on a big festival. It was, like, in, in, in Holland. And it had, like, 2,000 people. And... They invited Dust to play. We played it, and that's how we met Theo. And then Theo was like, I don't know how it happened, but he then started GSR Records, and right. he asked us, or we asked him if we, you know, if he'd be interested in putting out... Because by this time, Blackfish Records had, had, had folded over, and Ian Glasper had stopped doing it. Listen right. to the Everyone But Us podcast, and you'll find out yeah. why. Exactly. Yeah. So Theo was like, yeah... So we ended up putting out a project on GSR Records, and then we was with Theo for like um, we stopped working with Theo about uh, a year ago now. But we was up, we was working with all our release, releases since time went. Hill this were on GSR Records, and Theo was managing the band, and he if it wasn't for him, Knuckle Dust may have stopped. Really, um, not not stopped, but it wouldn't have been. Do you know what I mean? He really helped, like. Keep it moving. Keep he got us yeah. to play. He got us playing on loads of festivals, and he played a major part in helping knuckle us, man. So I just want to shout out to Theo. But yeah, that's a nice. I can. I will just talk and talk and talk and talk. <laughs> All your listeners are going are going to be like going to make a cup of tea or like. <laughs> I was going to say go for a walk, but they can't because of the quarantine. All
1: yeah, right. so you're stuck inside. So, so yeah, listen, yeah. you're going to
2: have to listen to my boring you, voice. You, you, I'm sorry.
1: You, you learn things. Pe- pe- a lot of people might not know that. And you'll be surprised, man. It's weird. Like, I'll put out an episode that's like two and a half hours long and it'll get crazy amounts of listens. Oh, that's good. You know, I've heard, oh, you should, sh-, you know, some people will be like, you should keep them at an hour. You should keep them at a yeah. half hour. Hell no. Like, no. If it's anything below an hour, I put it out as a mini episode. That's it. If it's if it's over an hour, it gets a number or whatever, and that's it. I have yeah. one that's almost three hours long and it's like one of the most listened, it's actually the most listened to episode that I have. Wow. So yeah,
2: yeah. So it's, it it's ma- yeah.
1: Yeah. If, it, if it's good, if it's good, it doesn't matter how long it is. And even if you can't listen to the whole thing, you press pause, you remember where you and you just pick it yeah. up on the time. that's
2: exactly what I was gonna say. Like, cause when we started doing the podcast, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into later on. I used to say that, oh, 40 minutes, an hour, and then I realised that people can actually stop this and listen to it where they left off the next yeah, day. So exactly. don't worry about time limits. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't
1: matter. Yeah,
2: Joe Rogan.
1: D- Joe Rogan does tr- four-hour podcasts.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. his podcast, man. I always lovely. listen to it when I'm driving into work. Yeah, love him. Love him. Yeah, Great. Yeah. He's good. He's good. He's really good, man.
1: So, but, so all right, so so you put out London Hardcore in '96. Then you put out Time Won't Heal This. That was what '90? 90, no, '99. No, 2000.
2: Don't ask me dates because I'm gonna get them all now, wrong.
1: I, I, I want to say 2000. And then un- uh, No, not Unbreakable. Oh, uh, Universal Struggle. Universal Struggle. And Unbreakable. Um, yeah. Um, promises Comfort fools, which is a great name. Um, yeah,
2: that's good. And um, Buffalo's Plus alibis,
1: Buffalo's alibis, was... and then the new, and then the newest ones. Um, Song sacrifice. It's actually like, four
2: 2000... years old now, but
1: yeah, it was like 2015, 2016. So you guys are due to put out at least a little something.
2: Yeah, we yeah we want to do a couple of songs definitely next year. Like <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, and when you're a band that's been playing this this long. It's like all people want to do is hear. Time won't time won't heal this, and yes. it's very hard. Like you put out a new song, and it, there will be some interest generated in it, but still, people still gravitate to older songs because oh. it just takes them back to a certain oh. period in time. Oh, do you know what oh, I mean? It's like oh, with right. it's not, yeah, yeah. It's like a madball. Yeah. Mad 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 madball. Mad madball. Mad Sick of all oh, their, their latest albums are, are amazing. Right, but yeah, they're amazing. But people are most probably still going to want to listen to Sell It Off and Scratch oh, the Surface.
1: Yeah. Without a doubt. No matter and, how and, great these songs are, they're still going to hear them classics, don't they? Without a doubt. It's like, let's just say it'll never happen. But let's just say the classic lineup of Biohazard gets together. It will never happen. But, yeah. But at least not with Evan. But it's like, you let's just say know. They, let's, <laughs> it, it won't happen. Okay. So, so, so let's, let's just say they put out a brand new record. People aren't going to care. Not really. They want to hear yeah. Punishment. They want to hear Shades of Grey. They want yeah, to hear yeah. the first record. They want to hear, you know, State of the World Address. They don't want to hear nothing new. They want the classics. Do you know what so, it is, though?
2: Like, And this is coming from someone that's been in a band a long time. When you do new music, no one gives a fuck at the moment. But you have to wait for that song to kind of become old. And then people right. will start liking like, it. It's like, really like, weird. Two, like two, three years later. Yeah. That's when it hits. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like it's you, you can release a new song and it does get that straight back. Like we done the rebellion tour. I don't know if you can see that poster at the back. Yeah, I can we we out. Um, when was that? A couple of years ago. And when Mabel played Rev Up and Rev Up, or you know some of their new songs, the crowd was going off hard. Do you know what I mean? Right. Just as hard. So you can you can you can release a new song and it works, but right. Generally, I find that. It the song has to mature a little bit, like wine, and then people appreciate it. It's like, oh, I'm too cool to like the new stuff. I've got to just
1: like the old shit. Of course, that's the way some of us speak. Perfect. It's a perfect way to explain it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now, so now, all right, knuckle dust is still a thing. It's just not as much, but it is still a thing. But then you you got into you you picked up the bass again from way back in the day. And then you started a new band called Iron Doubt.
2: Yeah. So, um, just a bit of a backstory on that. So, Pierre, man, since he's been in Knuckle Dust, he's been in ver- various other bands. He's done a band called Beat Down Fury. He's done a band called Maldito. He's done a band, uh, his other main band, which is Bun Them Out, which has just Ma- leads to sport. The-,
1: the band Maldito, that-, that name has to be from the Blood for Blood song.
2: Yeah, believe it was Pierre yeah, speaks Spanish, so it's it's a Spanish word, right? I don't even yeah. it means something. What is, do you know what it means?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's like it's like it's like a bad person, like a really bad man. Like a Oh
2: fuck- right. okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, he might have got the name from from Blood for Blood. Who we actually played their first ever show in London. Knuckles supported them and there oh, was yeah. like five people there.
0: No, yeah, she- I mean?
2: That's, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, I I remember we played with Blood for Blood in uh, Greece. We got a a show in Greece, and the promoter, Dimitri, my boy, hello, Dimitri. I remember he hired all this backline, man. He had, he had, he he hired like these, you know, I don't, you don't play guitar, but Mesa Boogie guitar ramp is like, yeah, you know, it's like the higher end of, like, it's very expensive. And he hired all this backline. We played, Nokoda supported blood for blood. And I remember they were getting so they we were drinking, 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 drinking. I think Ian was Ian was plastered at his head, man. He was drunk as fuck. And I don't know what happened. We was Knuckle Dust was playing and Ian and Buddha or someone jumped up on stage and they just kicked over the fucking. They was fucking about, but they kicked over the the guitar ramp and behind the stage was like a a two foot drop. You just hear that. You just hear this fucking Messer boogie amp just bounce about ten times, and just fucking disappear like into the fucking into the far corner of the room. And I just remember the promoter was so pissed, man, because wow. like they're, they're expensive amps, man. So um yeah, that was a fucking. I some funny funny stories from that tour, man. That I can't I can't tell, but yeah, I, yeah. yeah. But what was I, what you saying? Yeah, so. Know, I, was in,
1: I, yeah. Do you do you do you see me still?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm uh, f- frozen. Yeah, you're frozen on my end. We're still recording, but you know you're what? just frozen. Do you know what? My, my phone's gone dead. And we're back after some technical difficulties, which is all good, but we're definitely recording.
2: Oh, good. Good. Yeah.
1: So last, so last year you left off, um, talking about Maldito, and we were talking about Ironed Out. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: I think I didn't get to the ironed out bit. I think my phone We're dropped
1: headed out. headed in that direction.
2: Yeah, I think I was. Um, we got, we got up to the part where you asked me, "How did Ironed Out Ironed Out form?" Right. So, yeah, Ironed Out basically was. Um. So yeah, I think I'm trying to remember where we we left off. Right. Yeah. yeah
1: so. You went through all the band members. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So basically. I and Out was formed, formed through Dave, who plays guitar in Bun them Out, which is Pierre's other band. Uh, he asked me if you, if I would like to to join the band, and he said to me it was basically what we call MCN, as I explained before, yeah. a mix of hardcore. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm down for it, man. But I said to him, if I join, I want to do the bass and not do the guitar because I started out I started out on bass. And I kind of wanted to get back to playing the bass a bit more because uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy the instrument. So um, that's how I got involved. And then on one guitar, on the uh, we have Steve BDF, another guy from a, a band that Pierre was in. He plays uh, guitar. We our first drummer was a guy called Jude who played in Out. <laughs> but he had, he left. Um, he moved to, to Belgium uh, and we got another guy in called Louis who played in a band called Grand Granville Sessions, which was like a hip hop crossover band, really good. And we had a guy from 50 caliber called uh, Tom on the other guitar. Gotcha. He's actually the second guitarist. The original guitarist was Mark from a band called Crippler LBU, <laughs> but he, uh, he had to leave because, uh, at the time he was thinking about moving to Japan and he has a few other things going on. So he couldn't commit to the band, but um yeah, so that's, that's, that's basically the full lineup. Nice. And, yeah. The idea was to mix kind of like rap with hardcore, which is a hard thing to do. I think the yeah. best band has ever done it. Well, for me is E-Town Concrete. Yeah. Um, But, Uh, Yeah, and that's basically how Iron Out formed. At the time we started the band, Dave, he's always a very good guitarist. He's always writing music, and he had a bunch of songs. So when we formed, we had a solid platform to work from, and then we all came in, and we just added our little bits to these songs. Like I said before, I came from, I listened to a lot of hip-hop. I listened to a lot of uh r&b yeah me too oh, yeah I yeah which is great i don't listen to hardcore if i'm driving to and from work usually it's hip-hop and r&b right. and hardcore i have to be in a certain mood uh to listen to it um, of course Same, even, yeah. though I, even though i love it yeah you me too I, mean?
1: I listen i find myself listening to a lot of
2: podcasts
1: too believe it or not oh ah. i listen to tons tons joys. before I'm my phone most of I think like when when I'm in my truck I listen to music, but when I anywhere else I'm pretty much for the most part I'm listening to a podcast of someone.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I love podcasts, man. Especially because a lot of the time I drive a lot from site to site and I'm always on my own. So yeah. when you listen to a podcast, uh, you, you, yeah, you it's it's like you have got someone having a conversation with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um. Yeah. So yeah, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. But um, yes, yeah, so that's basically how I out. How I out formed, man. Nice. Um, you
1: have two releases out.
2: We have two releases out. So the first one, um, I can't remember us, what the first one was called us now. And them. Us and them. Us and them. Thank you. Yeah, us and them, uh, which was recorded about five years ago. And it's 2015. It was released. Guy done his homework, man.
1: This is yeah, great. Yeah, I, love man. It, man. I know it. I know this. I know this stuff.
2: Man. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. And then uh and then we released In These Ends about two years ago. Um so so both of these recordings were um they were done like I think over a couple a few days, two or three days. And okay. we always felt like although they was good for the amount of Time we spent in the studio doing them, uh, we always felt like with the songs we've got, we need to base, maybe try and put a bit more effort into having a longer period in the studio and make sure we get the production tight and correct. Right. So for the last year, we've been working away, um, writing for an album, and we've recorded that. Remember, the record? we recorded that in bloody hell, November. So we've got 10 songs, new songs, actually nine new songs. And we re-recorded a song called ACAB because it was a song that was quite popular when we um, played live. And it's it's a good song. And we thought, like, we need to re-record that and do it properly. So we re-recorded that. And the idea was to release that in March, April. But then this happened. Oh I mean, this just, damn virus. To, yeah, this virus going to a halt. So at the moment, it's kind of like we're still in the process of putting the artwork together and stuff. Um, I reached out to you, actually, didn't I? I don't know if you yeah. remember.
1: Yeah, but, yeah you reached out to me if I do CD layouts and stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah, I, Photoshop but, game's up. I, is, is I, I, did, I did maybe, like, I'm going to say... Three, I'm going to say, like, three full CD layouts with a whole booklet, like, eight-page booklets and shit. I've done a yeah, couple man, you're of You're
2: really good. You're really good, man. You're, 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 um, I love I watching don't... your posters, man. They're really well I've put together. I no, mean, nah, it's really good. But I right, so for those that, those that don't know, I reached out to you about doing our artwork. But what yeah. I didn't realize is someone from my band had already spoken to someone else and already yeah so I had to go back to you and say, I'm sorry,
1: no, uh, it's all right like,
2: I, yeah but yeah
1: no nah, nah, i I understand, man, it's all good, yeah, 'cause you yeah. you had asked an me, and then I waited a little while because I don't know, I'm not gonna break your chops, but and then I hit you up again, and I was like, yeah you know do you do you still want to do it mama? and then you told me, it's all good, man yeah,
2: no, I appreciate that, that man. man, so it was yeah, so we're just waiting to get some bits back from that, and then, uh. Hope, hopefully it will go to print. I don't know how that works with everything that's going on, right. and then yeah, we'll be releasing that soon. So I can't wait because we've been the album's been we've been working on that for about it feels like forever. So, and okay. then this happened, so just,
1: and so ho- hopefully this shit blows over sooner rather than later, and you guys release that shit, put it out there, man.
2: Yeah, hopefully. yeah, I'm, I can't wait, man. You know what I mean? And then uh, yeah, I'm really happy with the songs. The production sounds really good. I'm sure people will like it. It's um the good thing about iron out is with have knuckled us when you play, you got certain parameters that you can't go outside of. I mean right. we've done the punk rock thing because when we got in, I know hardcore now is it's got heavier and heavier and heavier. Yeah. But which I I love that stuff as well. But when I got into hardcore, it was yeah, buy houses like I said, but it, but it was pretty much the old school fast yeah stuff mixed with the breakdowns. It wasn't as metal-y as it is now. Right. So with Knuckle Dust, um, although we do the heavy stuff as well, we've always done the punk rock stuff as well, because yes. that's that's part of our history. But getting back to what I was trying to say is that you can't move outside of them parameters, whereas Ironed Out, I could do things that I can't do with Knuckle Dust. So I enjoy playing that band, because yeah. it gives me, from a musician point of view, you can do try thing different things. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah, you can yeah, you couldn't yeah, you you're
1: yeah, you're not locked into one little small little box. You could just do whatever.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, exactly that, man. So for that point of view, I really enjoy it and hope hopefully this album comes out soon, man. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that's that's yeah, that, that's basically ironed out. And you can if you're interested to see to hear what the band sounds like. We have a video out called "In These Ends" on YouTube. So just type "Ironed Out In These Ends." Um, there's a video we've done about um yeah two years ago. but Yeah, yeah check it out. Yeah, and,
1: and obviously Knuckle Dust and Ironed Out is all over Instagram and Facebook. Just search it up, and it'll yeah, all Knuckle stuff. Dust is yeah.
2: We've, yeah. Got, we've got Knuckle Dust has got about I think four or five videos on YouTube. Ton of live clips. Yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's loads of stuff. I'm sure people know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, some people might not. That's why. That's why we're talking all in depth about all this stuff.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go and check that out.
1: Yeah. So. So then, what? What? What made you start? And what? How did your podcast, that everyone but us podcast, start?
2: Well, basically, Jimmy, I wanted to copy you. <laughs> Get the fuck <laughs> out of here! <laughs> Stop that. Nah, people like you. Post America, Hardcore. Um, I listen to a lot of um, the Joe Bodden podcast. I love um, the Toby. Uh, actually, my podcast. I listen to a bunch of podcasts, and I wanted to do it because when you talk about Hardcore, you always, you know, you're going to talk about your agnostic fronts and your sick of it alls and rightly right. so. Chrome, you know all the bands that helped build this shit. The Godfathers, yeah, hands down. Yeah. But I feel like there was a in in regards to UK hardcore our era because you had the bands like Discharge and whatnot before us. Yeah, so I'm not saying we invented anything in the UK, anything like that. I'm talking about yeah. our era. Hardcore. Yeah, I feel like there's a a lot of people do credit Knuckle Dust with helping build it, but there was a lot of other people involved as well. Sure. And the idea of the podcast was to try and tell somebody, you know, tell some of the stories from back in the day and try to give the people that were involved and help build the scene to give them their flowers. Because yeah. I hate that stuff when something happens to someone, everyone's like, oh, they were so amazing and they were this and they were that. But we, right. when the person's here in the present, we don't, you know, we don't give them their credit. So, absolutely. I, so I, my absolutely. idea was, I want to just credit some people, you know, with...
1: Yeah, man, you, you're giving these other bands some
2: shine. You're giving them, you know... I mean, they've they got, got, yeah, they've got their own shine. But in the UK, there is, like, there's a new generation of kids now. Right. right? And so I feel like it's a good way, like, hardcore dance... I like "Knocked Loose," but hardcore didn't start with "Knocked Loose." Do you know what I mean? No, not at all. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I'm just trying to give some backstory to credits. Like, you know, because I I feel there's a bit of a divide between the young and not not over the board, but there's a bit of a divide between young and old. Of old feel like the young are they, they 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 don't they don't know what hardcore is. Right. Do you yeah. know what I mean, this is hardcore, right. and the young people are like, "Shut up, you're old." Exactly, yeah. You know I mean, yeah, so I'm just trying to bridge that gap and bring the two together. And because when I into thing, heart... that, that's yeah. a great yeah. thing,
1: man. And and the only thing about your podcast that I will say is that I think you should do it more.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard, it's hard because I,
1: uh, I get it. I'm just breaking your chops. I yeah. know, I
2: know. Do you know it's, what? If you know what it's like, it's, of it's all dependent on the guests as yeah. well, you got yeah. to work by their timetable. And then Steve, who's um so, yes yeah, so everyone everyone but us podcasters, is myself, uh, Lewis, who's in Ireland that, and yeah. Steve who's in Ireland that. But they've been my friends for years. Sure. Um, so Steve, he's his job. He works. I can't explain what his job is, but he works shift patterns. So okay. sometimes it's also he's the one that's got all the recording equipment that, and he yeah. mixes it and does all the. Do you know what I mean? He has all the mics set up and all that. Sure. Uh, We have to work by his timetable. And then sometimes on his days off, the guest is not available.
1: Right. I I understand. Yeah, everyone's – it's not easy sometimes. It's not easy. It's
2: not easy. I I, I would love to do it a lot more. But, yeah, I think with that podcast, the way for it to grow is we're going to have to try and do more of just us three on our own. Right. And try and carry a show with just us providing the content. I, I want to do guests, but in order for it to be more, you know, to get yeah. more, those, put so more episodes gotta, together. Got, yeah,
1: yeah, I think you have to switch it up a little bit. Not that I'm an expert by any oh, means. No, man,
2: you're, not, you're no genius, man.
1: No, God, three years is not not a long time.
2: But Who was before you? Who was before
1: you? I, well, there's a lot of podcasts before me, but... Hardcore-wise. Uh... Wise. uh I don't know, maybe Post America for a little while.
2: Yeah, Post America was mine. Maybe Post America. might That's one of my favorite podcasts as well.
1: Mine too. They should do it more too.
2: Um, so good, they're so good, man. The chemistry yeah, is, is.
1: That's, pr- I, I think that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't know, but there was, I mean, I, I didn't invent podcasting, that's for sure.
2: No, but I'm talking about in our in, in, in
1: our little oh, world. I don't know. Maybe mine. I don't. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That makes but you an dude, man. I don't even say that because I could be I could be forgetting about. You know, no, you know who? Yeah, yeah. Had? had one before me. Ah, oh, yes, he did. Oh, yeah. He might have been the first. He was probably the first. See, yeah, I knew there was somebody. I knew it wasn't yes, me. Uh, yes, yeah. oh, the, the smoke. The smoke and word. The
2: smoke and word. That, he was really good. It was he's great. a character. Yeah. Way, he
1: stopped doing it. Yeah, but that's why it's like I, I wanted to start switching it up too. Like like you were saying, yeah, of course, there's, you know, you're sick of it all and you're agnostic front. So, how many times am I going to have a guest on? And we, all right, we're all going to agree that Age of Quarrel is a great record. Okay. It is. But how many times am I gonna say that with different people? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We we all know. So so that's why sometimes I branch out, I do I'll do like a rapper, I'll do like a a Writer, You know, I I have to switch up just so it doesn't get boring to me. That's true. You know, so so I switch it up. It, It it started off as like a hardcore thing, but it it, it kind of is what it is. I had my daughter on. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever. Yeah, I check that one. I remember
2: that. I was that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's reading, like, at the time she was in, like, the third grade. She's reading me, like, third grade questions, and I got I got them wrong. Like, she made me look stupid. <laughs> you know? So I did that just for fun, you know what I mean? You know, I had different people, graffiti writers, and a couple of tattoo artists. Like, one of a couple of good friends of mine were tattoo artists, and, you know, just shit like that, just to just to kind of break it up a little bit, but I mean, it's rooted basically in music, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You but know, it is
2: what it is. The last time we spoke, and I hope I hope you don't mind me mentioning it, mentioning it again, nope, was nope, the one nope. that you done about your personal, uh, your family situation and growing oh, up. Yeah, yeah. That, whole, like, uh, over, I said that when I listened times. to and I was I was gripped I was gripped to it, man. That was like um, where? Thank you. How um, was deep, man? yeah
1: it's um yeah it's it's when i I was i was booking i was booking shows at uh at a small little club here in brooklyn for a little while and um somebody had told me i don't even remember who but they, they told me that i should do like um like a spoken word like get up on the stage and talk about things i'm like no way like i would never do that you know what i mean i'm not gonna get up on a stage with with a light shining on me and me with a microphone and talk about myself like I'm not that guy. I'm not going to do that. So, a couple—I don't—I don't remember exactly how it happened. But then I asked someone like, "Yo, should I do like a podcast just, just to talk about my life, like good, bad, ugly, funny, sad, everything, whatever? Just put it all out there." And they were like, "Yeah, just do it." And I'm like, "All right." So I put up a pot of coffee and I drank like a whole pot of coffee while I was doing it. You hear me even making a cup of coffee. And, um, yeah, I just, for like, two and a half hours just spoke about pretty much, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's there's stories in there that I could talk for three hours about.
0: But yeah, sure. it was
1: basically just scratching the surface of the, the pretty much the, the bigger, more memorable things, you know. I'm sure I could just, I could tell you little bits and pieces about specific nights that I could talk for an hour about, but. It's just basically I like, glossed over the whole thing for the most part, and then people loved it, and I didn't it even think anyone was gonna care or whatever, you know. I'm like, I even said it, I think, a few times. I was like, I, I don't even know if anyone's still listening to this, but I hope no, you nice, are. Nice. And then people, people loved it, and they wanted to know more about certain things. So, like two episodes later, I did like a part two. Now is that? I don't know. Yeah,
2: it was a. Uh... I think I asked you last time, was that like therapy to get that, all that stuff out? Or was it, was that something that
1: you wanted to get off your chest?
2: Or, well,
1: was, I, I, it, well, it was, it was definitely like the first time that I actually put it out there for a lot of people at one time to hear. You know, there's people that I mentioned in that, in that whole thing. And it was, I've told those stories to people like in private and stuff like that, or people that were there during certain things, knew about those things, but to actually put it out there for everybody to hear, I don't know if it was really therapeutic, maybe it was in a weird way, but just to get it out and, I don't know, say what you want about me, judge me, I don't care, you know, I, I don't care what anybody thinks, so, and, and, and that, that right there is proof of it, because I put out everything, you know what i yeah, mean yeah yeah certain things that people wouldn't admit to i i threw that shit out there i don't care what are you gonna do judge me all right judge me it doesn't matter oh, when, man, I go, it was, uh... when i when i go to sleep at night i know that that day i tried to do the right thing that's it
2: yeah yeah respect to you man
1: you know no. so it was what it was that was like a long time ago though i'm up to like episode like 150 something that was episodes 49 and 51
2: what was it so if you haven't heard that gun Go back and listen to it. 49 and forty nine and 50. 50. 51. 49 and 51. Oh, 49 and 51. So you skipped one and went back. Okay. Yeah,
1: because I wasn't going to make episode 50 was like a big number. I didn't even think I was going to do 50 episodes of this. Yeah. And that was with, with three guys from Sick of It All and their producer at the studio.
2: Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that yeah. was at the studio when they were recording their, their newest album. Oh, right. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Was that. At their studio. That was episode 50. It was big for me because they're like my favorite band, episode 50, you know, kind of cool. So I wasn't going to start talking about myself on episode 50. <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen. So nah, that's dope,
2: man. That's dope. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah man. So that, that's what it was. And yeah, I don't know. It's out there. Episode 49 and 51. No, nah, I like it. You want to know man. more about me? I think yeah, that's why I like listening not...
2: to um, the Joe Rogan podcast because you get a lot of people that go on there and share a lot of, you know, yeah. deep yeah. stuff. So when you're driving, yeah, it's... you kind of just fall into the story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like wow, like yeah, yeah, you'll be you'll
1: be amazed at what people will admit to and talk about when a microphone is actually on. People, you... people, people actually, people open up like that, and it's weird.
2: Do you? Kind of forget the mics there after a while. I do. So at first when you start, you just get talking and after a while, you just. just, just Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like half the time when I'm talking to you now, I mean, every once in a while, I'll look to make sure it's still recording, but I don't care. Uh You know, it's, it's, it's all right. It's recording cool, but I'm just talking how I would talk to you if it wasn't recording. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool. You know, like the last, kind of like the last time we tried to do this, I was talking to you like it really wasn't recording.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> it nah, wasn't. But, <laughs> yeah, so um, no, nah, I just wanted to give you, give you your flowers. No, thanks. No, I think it sounds that people might be listening and going, "Oh, it's corny," but you know, it's good to let people know sometimes, you you know, what you're doing is really cool. Yeah, I appreciate all, that, man. Yeah, so um. But yeah man that's yeah I can't think of a
1: All right well where, where can they find everybody you know everybody everyone but us is on, it's at everyone but us on Instagram you got uh, Facebook. Just, yeah on Facebook um Iron Dad is on Instagram and Facebook so is Knuckle Dust
2: Yeah Knuckle Dust is everywhere yeah, yeah. I mean all the normal platforms um yeah. um Waymadust oh God, LBU BFL on Instagram, yeah. or you can find me Weymouth Maduhu, on Facebook. Yeah. Um, if you wanna add me as a friend, and wherever yeah. you are in the
1: world, I That's like you it. know. Beautiful thing, yo. You you wanna end you wanna end this with a knuckle dust song or an ironed out song? Ah
2: oh, man. Uh, I'm gonna do knuckle dust because knuckle dust is. Is your baby. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's important to me, but oh, oh, knuckle dust, man, yeah. So um just do Bluff Lives Alibis. We've got a video on YouTube. Just all right. pick that one up. And I wanna say thank you to you for asking me. It's hard shoes to feel coming after Billy from Bay Ah, uh,
1: it's all right, man. They're all so, you know, every one of them is a different one. So there's no yeah, competition, yeah. there's
2: no nothing. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> okay.
1: all good. Yo, you know you know who I have next? Um, Sean Killian, the singer for Violence. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. Violent is still playing? Violent yeah, yeah, yeah. just got back together.
2: Oh, wow. right. That's Bob Flynn's old band, wasn't it?
1: Yes. And, but yeah, he's not, yeah. he's not I... in the band anymore. No, I
2: know. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Bobby Gustafson from Old Overkill is in the band now.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, but Sean Killian had, like, stage four liver cancer and shit, and he was almost dead, and he's yeah. back. And they're playing, and they're recording. Oh, man.
2: Shit. oh wow, man. That's amazing, man.
1: Yeah. That's, so a, you that's got what it's about. But, Hazard, then you, and then I got Sean Killian right after thank
2: you. Thank you. So legend, bum, legend. Oh, get oh, boy, daddy. Like a sandwich. Nobody's <laughs> know, a bum over here. I'm joking. I'm joking. I know, man. That's, that's, that's great, man. Oh yeah. I'll listen to that, man. but thank you well, once again, man. Continue doing your thing and anytime. I hope this quarantine thing ends soon, and I hope everyone yeah. in your circle, outside yeah. your circle stays healthy and
1: likewise, man, yeah. and stay safe because I know you're out there working, I'm out there working just just be careful,
2: yeah, key worker, they say a key People worker are the nurses, the doctors, right. You know, the people that have got to work in delivering the the f- food. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But they're, they're the real key workers, the real heroes, man. Just a shout out to the NHS, who are uh, our national health sir- uh, service over here. Yeah. they uh, holding it down, man. And trying to get over this pan- pandemic.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. But uh,
2: crazy. I'm going to shut up by... Mumble on anymore, man. All so right, man. Again.
1: it's all good, my man. All right, so we're gonna end this with plus lies and alibis from knuckle dust. And with that, I'll keep in touch with you. I'll tag you. I'll let you know this is going up this Tuesday. And with oh, that, good. I'll talk to you soon, my man. Much respect. Take care, man. Bye, Thanks, brother. Bye. Later. Bye. The fucking line,
0: always did it, always Made, you claim it's up the people But I can see it in your eyes It's nothing but It's sick, so sick The propaganda being spat by bricks Life, life, animize. Everything, do they try It's money in the eyes While people struggle to see Life, life, life It's rising for the hour No, 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 mine. The children has become the cross of life Spent up the pain to conceal the crime No, 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 no I'm a revolution, a revolution I promise made, I promise now broken No, 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 no Fucking sunshine, never given up For the answers that answer.